rather than me feeling constantly guilty about who I'm not, 100% embracing who I am. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. Today's episode is all about building an online business, whether you want to know more about branding or tips for growing an audience. So our guest today is Erin May Henry. Erin May Henry is an Australian online business coach and YouTube content creator whose passion in life is helping mission-driven entrepreneurs build their business, brand, and tribe online. Erin's loving yet kick-ass style of coaching inspires thousands of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs all over the world to overcome their self-doubts and excuses so that they can take massive action towards their dream life. Hello, Erin. Welcome to my podcast. Finally. I I can't believe I haven't had you on yet. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I love your podcast. I mean, I love everything you do. It's like my go-to personal development place when I'm trying to really learn and relax at the same time. Thank you. Yeah. I love your stuff too and your videos especially. How did you get your start? And I'm curious, did you know what kind of business you wanted to start when you were starting out? Absolutely not. So (laughs) I first started literally on YouTube just through the advice from someone when I was in uni that if you want to have some type of digital business, you need to just grow an audience like that's the first Mm -hmm. thing you do you need to have an audience and I don't think it was you need to have a huge audience it's just that you need to start building up that brand building up that awareness and really getting yourself in front of people and getting exposure and so I took that incredibly literally and that night went home and started my YouTube channel about health and fitness like I didn't know what to start I was like I don't know I don't know where I'm going I was still in uni I was studying business I had no idea where I wanted to go in the future all I knew was that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and therefore through this advice I therefore needed to build an audience so just started creating videos on my webcam they were horrendous but (laughs) you know over time I kind of just continued to create content very like with a lot of blind faith that someday I was going to like find my passion or I was going to find something. And then when I graduated uni, I decided absolutely I am not getting a job. I cannot work for anyone else. So I just started a digital marketing business, which I think a lot of people do, you know, doing social media for other people. And that kind of was a great start. However, I'd always previously considered myself to be quite a confident person. You know, again, it didn't really take much hesitation to start the YouTube channel. When I started that first business, I came up with against so many fears that I had never experienced in my life before. And it literally shocked me. I was like blindsided Mm. by the imposter syndrome, the fact that I wanted to promote myself, but I was just paralyzed. What if I fail? What if I get a client and I do bad work? All these things are just... Nobody teaches you in school. No, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't learn about when you're when you're doing a business degree or when you're at uni. You don't learn about the mindset behind any of it. So then oh, I started totally. to go on this like journey of personal development. Actually, I think that might have been the time when I found your channel as well. Maybe or maybe oh, it was yeah. a bit later. But then, or maybe your blog. I think it was the blog. But either way, I yeah just found the realm of coaching through this coaching of myself and fell in love mm-hmm. with this 
combination of teaching people business and helping them with their businesses, but also realizing that the reason people don't take action is because of their mindset. And so that's kind of what led me into coaching, you know, business coaching, mindset coaching, which is what I do now. Yeah. And so can you talk about the timeline of this? So you graduated from uni and then you started your digital marketing business, but were you still doing your YouTube channel the whole time? Yeah. The whole time, yeah, right. with absolutely no idea what I was doing <laughs> on it, to be honest. I just created whatever type of content. Honestly, that's really smart. I, I think that's an advice I, I think is really smart because if anyone out there, you want to start a business, but you don't know what, I think starting with creating content is important because you're going to need an audience. Yeah, and that's it. And honestly, like just yeah. to give a bit of perspective on the timeline, I mean, I started my YouTube channel at the end of 2014. I graduated mm-hmm. uni in 2016, and then I officially launched my coaching business at the beginning of 2017. I switched my okay. niche on YouTube from lifestyle, health, fitness at the end of 2016 and then launched my coaching business in February 2017 and straight away got five clients, which means there was only like four months of this new business mindset content, but there was still enough of an audience there. I think I only had maybe like 15,000 subscribers as well. So it wasn't massive, but there was still enough of an audience there to give my new business in a completely different niche enough of a boost. Now, I will say that a lot of people dropped off, but it gave me the head start that I needed. Right, because most people, they need a longer buffer time to build an audience once they've decided what they want. But I think what you did was really smart. Yeah. Let's talk about mindset. I want to know how has your mindset changed from when you were starting back then to now? Oh my gosh, in <laughs> so many ways. Honestly, there have Maybe been... we could talk about like the important, like big mindset must for like building a successful business. 100%. The thing that I want to start with the most is, and I think this is really going to resonate a lot with your audience, is the one thing that I didn't realize was so important was taking care of me and my mental health and my state. When I am in a really good mood, if that's the best way to describe it, Everything in my business just works. I make more yeah. sales. My I have better creative ideas. Everything just works. I used to think that I needed to kind of, you know, a very Gary Vaynerchuk inspired mentality, just hustle my way through, do really hard work, work all the time. When actually in the past year, especially, I've realized when I slow down more, when I spend more time on my hobbies, like towards the end of the last year, I started motocross and Muay Thai. I didn't have any hobbies before that. You know, when I start doing things for myself, everything in my business just works. And I realized you, especially in like a service-based industry, whether you're a creator, uh, you know, someone who's a coach, consultant, VA, whatever, you are the inventory in your business. You are the stock, you are the product. You need to take care of yourself and you really need to take inventory of how that stock, I know it's weird to call yourself stock, but you know, of how that product is performing. And so if you really want to have a successful online business and be happy doing it, make sure that you're putting your own self-care first. Just Mm -hmm. fill up your own cup. I know that's cliche to say, but just fill up your own cup. You can give so much more from that. Yeah. My next biggest mindset shift, I would say, in business is understanding to work with your own natural strengths and weaknesses. I used to, again, beat myself up a lot that maybe I wasn't the most organized person or maybe I wasn't great at writing. And I used to think that because these were skills that entrepreneurs kind of needed, I needed to get better at them. But one thing that has just helped so much with that happiness element as well is realizing, like, I kind of am who I am. You know, if I do things a little more at the last minute, 
that's okay. Yeah. I get it done. Yeah. You know, recognizing that level of self-awareness has just made business so much more enjoyable rather than me feeling constantly guilty about who I'm not, 100% embracing who I am. Yeah. Could you give more examples of like how you've embraced who you are? Yeah, for sure. Well, 100%, it's definitely the writing thing. So Mm -hmm. I am, look, I don't want to say I'm the worst, but I'm pretty bad. Like I'm pretty bad at writing my grammar, my spelling. Which is so funny to like hear from a content creator, right? (laughs) But that's the thing. Like you wouldn't really notice because I've embraced the fact that actually I'm really great on video. And it's gotten to the point where I realized even I'm really great. And you and I kind of had a conversation about this before. Like I'm really great live when I'm being podcast interviewed or when I'm recording a live training. And so I've built my business now around rather than trying to pre-record everything and do these beautiful slides. I do a lot of my stuff live. If I'm going to do a course, I'll record it live. So I'm building my business in the way that most highlights what I'm good at and what I enjoy rather than thinking it has to be done a certain way. There is no blueprint to any of this. Like this industry is so new and we're still all trying to figure it out. So who's to say that your way is wrong? Exactly. I love that. And I'm a little different from you because you say you like to do things live, like your courses. I more, I like to think about what I want to say. I have to have notes. I have to like prepare. I, I like the ability to like edit it first and you, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. Everyone is different. That's the best part about it. Exactly. Yeah. Because like I said, there is absolutely no right or wrong. And when you accept yourself, I know this is a little um, more on the kind of philosophical, less strategic side, but when you do truly accept yourself and focus on self-love and realize that however you do it is okay, as long as it's mm-hmm. getting done, It just makes it so much just more accessible for so many more people. Yes. Highlight your strengths. 100%. So a lot of people out there want to build a business online. And I know the digital space seems like it's only getting more and more saturated. What advice do you have for people in how to set their brand apart from others when they're starting out? 100%. So traditionally like I went to school for business and something that has not changed like I went I started in 2010 what ages ago when I was studying right it took me a while I I traveled a lot just put it that way but you know Mm -hmm. I one thing that has not changed even though the landscape has changed massively so obviously we're now you know in a much more digital age back then I was learning how to send out physical media kits but one thing Mm -hmm. that for sure has not changed is finding a competitive edge You need to know and figure out right from the very beginning because guaranteed somebody else is going to have the same niche as you. They're going to have a similar product to you. They're going to have a relatively similar message to you and probably similar methods to, you know, get Mm -hmm. your customer from point A to point B. However, the thing that every company has to their advantage is figuring out what is going to be unique to them. So Seth Godin actually wrote a really great book about this. It's called Purple Cow. I would recommend everybody Mm -hmm. go read this, but it really is about you've got to find that thing that is going to make your business, you as a content creator, stand out from everybody else. And this could be anything or it could could be a combination of things, but it's nothing you need to invent. It's not something that you need to go, oh, I think that, you know, maybe having like, I don't know if someone was going to copy you, you know, having like purple and purple hair and all of this stuff like is going to make me stand out because it worked for Eileen. Like, let me go do that. No, you've got to do this introspective exercises to figure out, well, what is actually unique about me? What can I highlight? Because yeah. that's so much more sustainable. So whether it's a type of, you know, interest that you've got, which you can kind of niche combo with whatever you're starting your business around, whether it's a fashion style, whether it's an interest. I mean, I've had people who've just 
accentuated the fact that they've got an accent and they're from a particular part of the Mm. world, you know. So Mm -hmm. just figuring out a way to make your business stand out. But secondary to that, know your values because, again, other people may have the same niche, the same method, the same model, the same type of business. However, your tribe, your audience is going to connect with you based on your values and what's important to you. And the more that you put that out there, whether it's, hey, like I'm this really fun, loving, easygoing kind of person, or hey, I'm someone who's more chill and more mellow, even those small variations in personality types is going to be the difference between someone's purchasing decision. So essentially, the more that you can be yourself, know who you are, know what makes you unique and highlight that, the more that your business is going to stand out. Yeah, I completely agree. For people starting out, they don't exactly know what makes them unique. So how do they find that? Go on a journey of exploration and make it fun. <laughs> like like I said in the beginning, you know, don't put so much pressure on I have to perfectly define in one sentence the thing that makes me unique is that I wear a lot of leopard print. You know, you don't have to do that. But like, just show up and start being yourself. This is why Mm -hmm. I really do advise people to give themselves that luxury of time of just creating without expectation in the beginning, because you'll start to notice things. People will start to comment things. Like I had my audience point out to me that one of the things that stood out for me was obviously the fact that I wear a lot of leopard print. I'm wearing leopard print right now, <laughs> <You> by <do>. the <laughs> way. I didn't even realize You're that so that was fab, one yeah. thing, but then it just, it developed in to be a part of my brand. Then it became intentional. Oh. So I did purchase more oh. leopard print and do a lot of photo shoots in leopard print. It was something that was intentional. That is so interesting. I didn't realize that you are intentionally doing it more and more. Well, later, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just go yeah. out there and be yourself and then kind of, you know, look at your Instagram feed. What are the commonalities that you see? What what are the things that you could highlight? Right. Maybe it's that, you know, you do a particular sport and like you want to bring that in. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Just it's a, f- everything in business is a process of exploration. Yeah. And like you said, you get feedback once you start creating yeah. things and putting it out there. Like people will tell you what's unique about you. You know, 100%. I think for me, a, lo- a lot of people comment like, oh, I like your voice. It's so calming and soothing. And oh so God, now I, I know, <laughs> and I never knew that before until all these comments. So now I know I have to accentuate my voice. Like I've put out videos where there's no voiceover. It's just like montage and text on the screen and they never do well. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. okay, I have to put my voice in there somewhere. But also it's like for me and just as an outsider kind of case study perspective here looking at your brand, it almost seems like intentional everything you do. The the lavender color, like the pastel colors that you use, it accentuates the soft voice, the dreamy kind of you use a lot of white as your landscapes and all Mm -hmm. of these things. Like it all seems like you're creating because one thing that's so important and why your values and your unique selling point is important is because everything you do in your business is to create a customer experience or, you know, an audience experience if you're more of a creator. You have to make people feel something. When I watch your stuff, I feel relaxed. I even said it in the beginning without even thinking about it. Like (laughs) I literally feel relaxed and I think a lot of people would agree with that. You've got to kind of decide what is it that you want your audience to feel and how can I create that experience? Yeah, And it is pretty intentional. I knew I wanted like the dreamy, airy, calm vibes. So it's, yeah, like I have an aesthetic, I have my type, but you kind of find this as you go. Yeah, for sure. And that's the same Mm -hmm. as me. Like mine is more about like 
bold, take action, Girl have boss. fun. Yeah. yeah. And like mm-hmm. an animal print represents that. It's it's out yeah. there. It's in your face. It's it's fun. Um, yeah. but it's also bold. And and even down to the little things like now, as I said, like me sharing these hobbies and stuff, it's all about like being badass, but also kind of being this paradox of like you can still be a woman and do these things. Like oh, yeah. it's all an experience that I'm trying to give someone when they scroll through my Instagram, when they come to my YouTube channel, when they come to one of my events, I want them all to leave feeling like like I can be a beautiful, divine, feminine woman in this world, but I can also be a bad ass. I love that so much. I know a lot of people are also dying to know what are your tips for growing an audience? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> like I've said, 100% the first thing I would say is like figure out that thing that is going to help you to stand out from everyone else. The second thing is not a lot of people treat growing their audience like a business. And the thing that you can do if you are really wanting to grow your audience and therefore then treat it like a business is you've got to think about it like a strategy, right? And I I, I want there to be still creativity and fun and joy in all of this, but put a little bit of strategy into it, right? The first thing that you need to think about with a strategy is meeting your audience where they already are. Where are they? What are they already doing? What's their online behavior? You know, who do you want to serve and where are they on the internet? A lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to start a YouTube channel because I've seen someone else do it. or I'm going to start a podcast because I've seen someone else do it. No, you've got to think about what is your audience's actual buying behavior, sorry, like consumer behavior online and meet them there. Yes, they may do the anomaly of watching a podcast once, but they're going to come back to what they're already doing most of the time. So you've got to think about what are they searching for and create content that's going to be relevant to that. Then you've got to actually think about where are they and be there. Then you've obviously got to then create that experience because that's going to keep them coming back for more. But my number one thing is I've coached hundreds of people at this point in time to build, you know, six-figure businesses, build massive audiences and all these things. And one thing I know for sure, particularly in the past probably year and a half, is that those who go that extra mile, and I'm not saying you need to have like, you know, the best Steven Spielberg style production or anything like that. It's not about necessarily quantity in that respect, but those who just put that little bit of extra effort into the quality of their actual content are the ones that Mm -hmm. retain their audience the most. Maybe that's just doing a little bit more research on a topic. Maybe that's just giving a few more examples. Maybe that's just sharing a little bit more of your story rather than just relaying something you read in a book once. Really just that little bit tiny extra effort. It's like that quote, you know, it's never crowded when you go the extra mile. I so believe that relative Mm. to audience growth. Yeah. And it's, it's important to know your audience and how to relate yeah. to them. And I, what exactly. I started doing is I have this like video checklist where I'm asking myself, did I answer all these questions? Like, like what is the biggest question my audience has on this topic? Am I answering that question? How am yeah, I, you know I what I mean? That. You're, you're trying to meet all their needs, hundred percent. not just, not just creating content out of nowhere. Like thinking about yourself, you have to really focus on your audience, where they are, their mind, everything. So an exercise that I gave my students in one of my programs in demand was create a vision board for your audience, because your goal is obviously to move them from where they are now, stuck, you know, whatever they're experiencing that they're not enjoying 
to their goals, move them towards their goals. With that little piece of content, you want to help them move towards their goals, feel more inspired, feel more motivated, etc. So if you want to talk to your audience in a way that's going to resonate with them, in a way that's going to appeal to them aesthetically, and a way that's going to help them to move towards those goals, you've got to know all of those aspects. Mm-hmm. So the exercise that I gave was literally create a vision board for your audience because it's going to represent their goals. It's going to represent an aesthetic style that's going to stand out to them. And yeah. it's going to help you to create content because you're literally getting in the mind of what people actually want and therefore what's going to stand out to them online it honestly is one of the most powerful exercises because like you said every time you create a piece of content look at that vision board and say is this actually in line with this vision my audience has or am I just creating it for me right so key Let's take a break to learn about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You guys know I love doing my own self-reflection through journaling, but sometimes I need an outsider's perspective to help me work through my issues and reveal what's holding me back. My favorite resource for that is BetterHelp's online counseling. I get to work out my thoughts with a professional counselor from the comfort of my own home. It's so convenient to be able to schedule a call or video chat when I need it. BetterHelp has 3,000 US licensed professional counselors specializing in everything from anxiety, relationships, anger, and more. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours. If you're ever unhappy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time with no additional charge. And of course, everything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. You can talk to your counselor through video, phone, online chats, or text. Best of all, BetterHelp is truly an affordable option, and they also offer financial aid for those who qualify. As a special offer to the Lavender Lifestyle listeners, you can get 10% off your first month with the discount code LAVENDARE. To get started with convenient, professional, and secure counseling today, go to betterhelp.com slash LAVENDARE. You'll fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and quickly get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash LAVENDARE. I want to talk about finding your tribe online. I feel like you're really good at like connecting with people. So how do you do that? relentlessness <laughs> really? so honestly I think it was a pure fact of changing my relationship with rejection because there are a lot of people I know I have a lot of online friends and you're right like I really do make an effort because for my own mental health I really struggled at towards the end of 2017 and 2018 with the whole working from home like being naturally mm-hmm. extroverted the whole spending a lot of time at home, I just really struggled. I tried going to offices, but it didn't work with filming and podcasting. Like I I tried everything. And what the result ended up being was starting a mini mastermind with, I think, you you know, Kimberly, she's been on the podcast before and then our other friend Ruby. Um, But then also really just making time and effort to have Zoom calls or even just Instagram uh, voice note chats with friends and just building my network online. That was the answer to not only kind of my mental health struggles, but also that helped me grow my business. It really did help me, you know, get more ideas, get more creative, get more excited. And so therefore the way that I really started to reach out to people was exactly like I said, just reaching out to people, but changing that relationship with the fact that some people are just not going to be interested. You know, I would literally do the thing like slide into people's DMs, watch their stories, respond to their stories. I actually, just to give you an example, this is kind of embarrassing, but like I am trying to make more friends here in Australia, like girls who do motocross because it's not a huge community. And so, you know, I've just been following them online and I reached out to this girl and I kept responding to her stories and then I sent her a few voice (laughs) notes. And, you know, it's just kind of that, that 
kind, gentle you consistency. You basically. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, we're going to meet up. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it was probably the process of two or three months of just a little bit of back and forth to develop the relationship. <laughs> and then a friendship naturally formed. Wow. It, it is like wooing someone for friendship, right? <laughs> yeah. But then also like, it's okay because remember if they don't respond or if they do just give you like the little, you know, heart emoji or whatever <laughs> backwards, people are also busy yeah. and they don't know you. They're not judging this interaction based on your entire personality and experience as a human being. It's literally off this tiny little reaction and the kind of, you know, persona that you have online. So don't feel offended if somebody doesn't reciprocate the friendship. Yeah. Just trust that it just wasn't right. Yeah. Don't take anything personally like that. People 100%. are busy. But also one other thing is like go to a bunch of events. Like that's mm-hmm. the best way that you can meet people. There's nothing more powerful than in-person connection. If you can find an event in your city, if you can find an event, you know, close to you, just go meet people that way because the relationship is like, think about it being like supercharged when you actually meet in person. So that two months that it may spend you on Instagram building that relationship, you could do that in, you know, an a day. hour. Yeah, I feel like when yeah. I meet people in person, it makes that relationship real. Like we don't have to even 100%. talk that much, but just a five yeah. minute conversation. I'm like, I know you, you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you get that energy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what does a typical week in your life look like? Is there a way you block out your your days? Yeah, for sure. So I used to be so just let me do what I feel like when I feel like doing it. And like that, I still love a bit of that because it initiates so much more creativity. However, the busier I got, the more I realized that I do need to be organized. And again, it's that whole self-awareness <laughs> piece, right? But for now, Monday, Tuesday for me are coaching days. So anything that I do is like coaching, course creation, course delivery, you know, those live mm. trainings that I set in courses will always be done on a Monday and a Tuesday. Yeah. Then Wednesday, Thursday is my creation day. So Monday, Tuesday is like delivery, Wednesday, Thursday is creation. And actually I've started having Fridays off. So now I have a three day weekend. Um, But yeah, so I kind of just structure it in that way. And I actually recently uh, watched a video from Matt Diavella. I think Mm -hmm. you would know who he is. He did this whole like 30 minutes. Oh, really? He's amazing. But he's like 30 minute calendar blocking. I've started recently doing that. So like just trying to put absolutely everything, even, you know, driving somewhere, putting all of that into my calendar. And Mm. I felt it, found it extremely freeing actually because I realized how much more spare time I actually had when I was really sticking to like it's going to take me an hour to create this thing in my business or you know to do this client work then I just do it and then I get to the end of the day I'm like wow I've ticked everything off my to-do list and it's only 2 p.m. so I Mm. found that by being more organized I actually have more time I love it so how do you balance business with your personal life because you're sharing yourself online I mean do you draw any boundaries so I'm gonna be totally honest I actually don't like the word balance when it comes to <laughs> this whole life yeah. and business thing. how do you see it then yeah mm-hmm. so for me it's more about integration because I think balance is like when you think of work-life balance it's almost like taking a break from something and that that kind of initiates the idea that it's exhausting and that you need a break and that you need a retreat from it. You know, you need an escape. And I don't see it like that. I just think it's all just stuff. You know, it's all just, (laughs) I'm going to concentrate and give my all to whatever's in front of me at that moment. When I'm on the mats at Muay Thai, I'm going to give everything. And my business 
It's not a part of what's in my mind at that time. When I'm on the bike, I'm giving my all to that. When I'm on a client call, I'm giving my all to that. Right now, yeah. everything, riding, Muay Thai, my family, it's not that it's not important. It's just not what's not important right now. And so yeah. for me, rather than saying I need work-life balance, I need X amount of hours in my week dedicated to this, it's like I'm just going to make space for everything that I want to do that's going to fill my cup yeah. up because I'm organized with my calendar and that's the strategy of it. But I'm going to make space for everything I want to do because I allow myself to do it. I don't need to feel guilty when I'm sitting on the couch watching, you know, old episodes of Jersey Shore that my business, there's other stuff that I could do because I'm allowing my space and time for everything. And then just yeah. focusing in that moment on just being there for that thing. You know, when you're if you're a parent, when you're with your kids, you're just being the best parent you can possibly be. And then when you're, you know, at the gym, you're just being the best workout person, gym bunny, whatever you want to call it, that you want to be. And it's just really about saying, I can have it all. I can be it all. I can do it all. But I just need to give the focus, the time, the space, and the energy to everything that I want to do. Yeah. And it sounds like you do it right because you give space to the personal things that fill your cup. Like you, it's yeah. okay to watch TV. It's okay to, you know, do something other than your business. Honestly, and, and I think we only got two mindset shifts in at the start, and this definitely would be the third, is one thing that I've really trained myself on in my business is letting go of guilt, you know, yeah. because there's always more to do. There's oh, always sure. more to it's learn. It's never ending. Yeah. Never ending. And and it's not just business. It's, it's life. It's career. It's family. Everything. There is always more to do. It's never ending. There's never a completion of anything. And so if you're the type of person right now who's thinking, I feel guilty because I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix when I know that I could be doing, you know, three months from now's content creation. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. When you let mm-hmm. go of the guilt, obviously there needs to be some type of sort of discipline there that if you say that you're going to go live on Instagram and then you just don't do it because you're on Netflix, I mean, that's a different situation or you just don't upload because you can't be bothered. That's a different situation. Like meet your deadlines, do the work that you said you were going to do, but also allow yourself, like I said, that space to do those other things because it's going to not only motivate you more to go back and actually work, but it's just going to create such a better mood mentality behind it all. And just make it so much more successful for you. So much more fun. That's the thing, guys. We're just here to have fun. I truly do believe that. Exactly. Always remember to have fun. 100%. So now I have some questions from Facebook and Instagram for you. Diana asks, how do I overcome the fear that no one is interested in what I have to share and that no one will care to listen? Well, I think in the beginning, this is going to probably sound a little, you know, Probably not what you thought you were going to hear, but actually in the beginning, that's kind of true. Yeah, no one will listen. They won't care. <laughs> and no one will listen and no one will care. No one listened to me and no one cared when I very first started Same, my stuff. Like too. literally no one literally. cared. Oh my God. <laughs> I remember on YouTube, and I don't know if you did this as well, but I would post a video and I would like literally sit there and refresh the page to like try watch the views go up. And it would be like every <laughs> maybe hour, there would be like one new view. Yeah, and no, it's I've like, done that in the beginning. <laughs> no, and I think when you accept that fact, but... Choose something that you would do anyway. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I talk a lot about like mastery and why we, when we're trying to build our expertise, it's so important to actually be passionate about the thing, not only because you'll be more motivated to learn more about it and therefore, like I said, be able to go the extra mile, but it does take time to build up momentum. It does take time to capture people's attention. Unfortunately, our society, the way that we've kind of, you know, been trained with public figures is the more that people are following them, the more momentum they have behind them, the more that 
technically people are going to care. And I'm not saying you need a huge following, but I'm just saying the more momentum you have, the easier it is going to be. But in the beginning, it just is going to take your resilience, your patience, and your passion to get past that ground zero to the point where that momentum does start picking up. You know, you think of the law of inertia. It's much harder in the beginning to push a car. Once it's actually already moving and in motion, it's much easier, right? So in the beginning, it's a little harder. It takes a little more effort. It takes a little bit more patience. But if you're doing something you love, and again, just have fun with it. I think that's like the it's topic of today's it's live. It's worth but it because you learn from it too. A hundred percent. I would like say it's also, yeah. And I, I think now where I am now, look, looking back at the beginning stages, I think it's absolutely so freeing that no one's listening to you. Take Use oh that gosh. to your advantage because you could you can make anything you want. You can say anything you want and there's less repercussions if you say something wrong. Yeah, and less, less pressure yeah. as well. Like just Less pressure. Explore, yep. you know, as if you're a kid like trying to learn how to ride a bike for the first time or something. You just yeah. make mistakes and it's just all okay because nothing's the end of the world until the end of the world. That's just a mm-hmm. matter of fact. So whatever mistake you make now, it's not going to be like the now no one's ever going to follow me again. Allow yourself that time space to grow into the creator that you're becoming mm-hmm. whilst you know less people are watching yeah you you learn so much from those stages a hundred percent another question from denise she asked what manifestation practices do you incorporate in your business that is such a great question so <laughs> i am a gemini which means that everything that i do i really do see both sides to it so Mm -hmm. i love manifestation for the purpose of the fact that it gets me to the point of taking action i'm not someone who believes necessarily manifestation is like just sit down and think about it and it will happen for me i manifest the the desire to make things happen if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. i use a lot of manifestation techniques such as journaling and meditation and scripting and vision boards all to remind myself of what I'm working towards all to continuously bring to the forefront of my mind the vision that I'm creating for myself I use journaling to uncover any blocks in the vision that I'm creating for myself this to me is manifestation and don't get me wrong there have been plenty of things out of the process of these manifestation exercises that have almost seemingly been miracles you know like one time I asked for a thousand dollars literally got like a PayPal notification like an hour later it was crazy so stuff has happened which is unexplainable and I get that that's totally a possibility but for me it's like I'm really just trying to use kind of the science behind manifestation as well like I have my vision board here in front of me because with visualization the thing is that the more that you focus on something the more that you're going to see opportunities for it the more that you're going to be inspired to take action the more creative you're going to be the more that your cognitive focus is locked in on that particular thing rather than getting distracted by the rest of the world's gender so it's like Mm -hmm. I really try to use these manifestation techniques knowing that magic can happen but also really to just inspire myself consistently to keep showing up and taking action yeah because there's the practical aspect of it like you're Mm -hmm. literally focusing on the things that you want and thus you're more motivated to get there 100 percent. I just think they beautifully go hand in hand because a big part of manifestation as well is faith and trust trust that it's possible but then a big part of taking action consistently like even uh with the with the first question you know even when no one's there just having that faith that one day it is going to lead to something one day it is going to bring you the success that you want but you've got to have that self-belief and that faith so in there there's this beautiful combination of manifestation and having faith and realizing that 
the fruits of your labor will one day blossom, but like also then just using that self-belief to consistently show up and take the action required. So I just think when you look at manifestation from both this esoteric, beautiful, miraculous, like the universe is also working with me on this, but I've got to also show up as well. And then that becomes the action side of it. That's when you get the best of both worlds. Totally, totally agree. All right. So now I have some rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests. Fun. Okay. I love fire. Yeah. What does your dream life look like? Oh my gosh. My dream life looks like living in Byron Bay, riding a scooter or a motorbike down to a cafe <laughs> and literally just doing work, catching up with people, filming a video. Like I want that beach coastal life ASAP pretty much I mean oh yeah I mean you're almost there you're you're doing everything else except the house I'm buying is in the country but you know whatever we'll get yeah. we'll get there one day but literally I just want that slow that that creative life that just freedom to kind of do whatever I want I love working I love working mm-hmm. in my business but to me it's not about like I necessarily want to only work like three days a week and do all of this stuff like I just want to have fun doing it all like that's my dream life and I know that sounds really corny I that. but I just want to feel that ease I want to feel the connection to nature. I want to feel that flow in every single day life. I want to have fun with people who are creative. I want to surround myself with people who are doing awesome stuff. I want to, you know, wake up every day and just be like, this is literally just my absolute dream life. And the funny thing is, like you said, I feel like I'm almost there, but, you know, I think when it comes to creating our dream life, a lot of people put it, you know, on this pedestal of I am going to get there one day and forget that there's mm-hmm. so many things that you can do today to influence how you're living your life now relative to where you want to be if you want to live by yeah. the beach like I don't live by the beach now you know how many candles I have in my house that are like a beach fragrance like little <laughs> things like yeah. that or pillows the pillow that's right next to me blocking the sound right now is literally like Byron Bane's fight you know so it's Ooh, like how yeah. can you bring little elements and aspects of that because it's funny that you just said it seems like you're living that now and I had this moment of why well, I, I kind of really am you but are that's because like you yeah it is just about making that decision that you know I can why can't I just have it now maybe maybe I don't have the beach (laughs) mansion right now but why can't I create the feeling that I'm going to get when I'm in that beach mansion in whatever way possible I can now all right so the next question is what is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody oh my gosh I've got it right here I don't know the actual name of it I need to reach out to it it is called 101 essays that will change the way you think (gasps) I love that book. It is the best book that I have ever read. I've read it and I've listened to it because oh really, it is just so. I don't know. It's not necessarily. I wouldn't say like a business book, but it's helped me so much in business. Uh, Kind of this perspective of like living life in focusing on happiness, and it was one of the things that inspired me to go start these hobbies, which honestly has Mm -hmm. changed. It's everything. It's it's made me more successful in business, but it's just like. That book, I can't even explain it. There's, it, there's not one particular topic. Yeah, so there's so it's a much bunch of mini essays, there. but it's, it's not, it's very like not basic. Oh <laughs> it's my stuff gosh. that you've never heard of. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 I it, like it. That's it. It really is. Like I think you read a lot of self development books and you're like, oh yeah, this is nice, but I've kind of heard it before. This book yeah. is like jam packed with like aha moments. New ideas. My brain was like yeah. the head blowing emoji. You know, the head yeah. emoji. Me. That was me the yeah. whole time I was reading it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, props to that author, man. She's amazing. Yeah. Okay, what is one habit that has changed your life? There's so many. (laughs) One. one. Yeah, okay. One (laughs) habit that has changed my life. This is going to sound like a bit, not necessarily redundant, but like moving my body 100%. Mm. Even just before this 
podcast interview, I was dancing to Rod Stewart, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Because the moving your body, like the shifting of the energy is so powerful. Whether or not it's starting your day by going to work out, doing some stretching, doing some yoga. But I now realize the power that your body has in effect of, you know, cognitive acuity, like everything that you do all comes from your body. And so one habit that really has changed my life is moving my body, working out, moving, going outside, walking, you know, even if it's just walking my dog, dancing. Yeah. It really does help to kind of like shift anything, any mood, any state that just feels a little bit sticky, yucky, that's stopping you, procrastination, anything that is not allowing you to take action and move forward towards you want, moving your body, physically moving your body. Rachel Hollis, she said, move your body to change your mind. I love love that. that. It literally is so powerful. So it doesn't need to be going and lifting weights, but just... You know, dance naked to Shakira whenever we're because it's what's natural for humans. You know, we're (laughs) we're like, yeah, we're supposed to move more than we do now. Hundred percent. Yeah, so so important. Yeah. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Get online and build an audience. (laughs) I mean, I think it's I I think it's where all of this started from. So it was like I literally it was a compulsory event that I tried to get out of as well. Can you imagine? It'd be sliding doors situation. I could be like doing something completely different right now and we're not even having this conversation but you know it was this compulsory event that I had to go to at uni and this some marketing guru from the UK was like if you want to be like the way that digital entrepreneurship is going because obviously this was in 2015 that oh no 16 Mm -hmm. sorry no 14 14 that this happened so it feels like a long time almost six years ago right now right and a lot's changed but he said if you want to you know, have a brand, have a business, the first thing you need to do is just get online and just start building an audience. It doesn't even matter what it's in. Yeah. All right. The last one, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? Having fun. 100%. (laughs) I love that that's a theme of today's like interview, having fun in your business and life. Like I love that. Honestly, like you can have fun in whatever you're doing. I mean, I remember someone saying to me once when I was doing like events, coordination, internship, I don't know, I can't even remember what it was. And literally the corny advice that I'm sure you've heard before, I was doing spreadsheet stuff and she was like, why don't you make it a game? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, that sounds so boring. But anyway, but it's like I did and it was actually really fun. I changed my relationship actually yesterday with cooking. I thought I hated cooking, but I decided that now I'm just going to make it fun. And I did it Mm -hmm. yesterday and it was like, it's Mm. all a decision. Your perspective is going to rule your life. The way that you look at things, if you see something to be draining, it's going to be draining. If you see something to be fun or if you can make something somehow fun, you will live a rich, extraordinary life. As much as you can change your perspective to everything that you have to do, you want to do, you get to do, and just shift it into gear of into the gear of fun, that is what's going to li- help you to live an extraordinary life. It's not, you know, necessarily like making a million dollars or, you know, having the most successful business or having the largest audience online. In whatever you are doing, if you can shift into that gear of I'm going to just give this a red hot go, I'm going to make this as fun as I possibly can and I'm just going to enjoy myself while I'm here, that is what is going to make your life successful. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. And I just love that message. Thank you for sharing and ending with that. That was so powerful. Where can our audience find you online? So I am Erin May Henry, pretty much everywhere, YouTube, um, or, or if you just type in Game Changers, the Game Changer company, you'll find me pretty much anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, podcast, YouTube, all the fun places. But yeah, just Erin May Henry, come hang out. Instagram's the best place because 
I do a lot of Instagram awesome. stories and I have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone definitely follow Erin. I'll link all the links in the show notes down below so you can check her out. But thank you so much for coming on. I had so much fun talking to you and you just are, you're amazing. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thank you so much for having me, lovely. Thank you. All right. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Erin May Henry. She is so fab and so fun, and I hope you learned a lot from it. So now I'm just going to wrap up with some key takeaways from our talk. The first takeaway is what we talked about over and over again is to build an audience. It is so important if you want to start an online business to have an audience, and you got to start building it as soon as possible. It doesn't matter if you don't know what you're going to specialize in just yet. You can start building an audience just by putting out content about things things that you are interested in, things that you're passionate about, something that you can bring some value to the table. And that is something really smart that Erin did to get a head start on her business. The second takeaway is to find your competitive edge. And this is what sets you apart from everyone out there. It's what makes you unique. It's your unique value proposition, which means just something unique and different and valuable that you can offer. So this might take some time to find. I mean, it will help to put some Something out there and then get feedback and that is how you learn more about yourself. It is part self-reflection and part taking action and just learning from making mistakes, learning from feedback and all of that. And that is something that you continue to hone in on more and more as you grow your business. The last takeaway is to have fun when you're building your business. You want to focus on the joy and the excitement. You want to focus on this idea that I get to do this rather than, oh, I have to do this. So often we get into that mindset of hustling, being stressed out, feeling like, oh my God, I have so many things I have to do and oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. And taking a step back, ask yourself, are you even having fun during this process or are you treating this all like a choice? Building a business should be fun. You should enjoy doing it. I know it's not easy. There are definitely challenges and times when it's hard, but ultimately you want to make sure that you're having fun and enjoying the process. All right, I'll leave it at that for today. Have a beautiful day and I will talk to you next time. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.